So this is maybe my most popular post online of all time, but I came upon this concept a little bit by accident. You have to know, like, and trust yourself first. Oh. Right? Holy shit, y'all. Holy shit. Because you can't you can't work with other people and have them know, like, and trust you without that self-awareness piece also working for yourself. Or you can, of course, but but you're going to be growing that. The more, I would say, the more that you know, like, trust yourself, the more that you can start to really show up for yourself and show up for your clients in your business. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the freaking brilliant Chantel Andercastle. Chantel Andercastle is a service-based business strategist, web designer, and creator of the Aligned Action Framework. Since 2018, she has taught entrepreneurs how to get past where they're stuck or where they've settled and find depth and direction in their biz so that they can instead get more aligned clients and generate cash and connection. Chantel's zone of genius is in combining business strategy with self-development to help you make your business meaningful, memorable, and marketable. Chantel, it is such a delight to have you here. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Listen, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? Thanks, Annie. I'm thrilled to be here. Small business owners need to focus on making their businesses feel more meaningful to them and to their ideal clients this week. I love that word meaningful. I feel like we don't really hear it a lot. So at the risk of sounding incredibly punny right at the beginning of this episode, what does a meaningful mean to you? How would you define something, a business, a calling, a day-to-day practice that feels meaningful? Absolutely. So meaningful is my choice word to replace the concept of intentional. And Ooh. yeah, and not that intentional is bad, but I got some feedback recently from clients and students who felt like that whole intentional business owner movement uh, made them feel a little bit bad about themselves. And that was not what I was trying to promote. Um, What I heard was that, wow, yeah, people were feeling like, well, I don't know, am I an intentional business owner? And they were feeling like uh, they weren't sure if they really measured up to that. And so I swapped the word out because what I really realized was um, I'm a I'm a web designer and a business strategist, which don't necessarily go together. No, they conflict in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for years, I've been trying to piece together what is the link? What ties those two things together? Why do I still insist on offering both? And what I've come up with recently is that what I'm helping with is, is making businesses meaningful at the strategic level. And then also communicating that meaning 
to my clients' ideal clients. And so the concept of, of a meaningful business is really one that is intentional, that is authentic, that is values-led, heart-centered, all of those little catchphrases, but without the loaded yeah. um, impression that those give off where people are wondering if that label actually applies to them. So I've, I've chosen a fresh word for that so that it feels more inclusive and it feels more um, just accommodating and just open for, for everyone. I love that. It's a label. I never thought of these words as labels. And you're right. It so is. And we intentionally niche down. We intentionally call out, right, just to our ideals. And so we use a lot of these labels, but it never occurred to me, really, truly never. And I've been in marketing and branding and now sales for a (laughs) long time that some of that may be, can I rise to the challenge of that? Because I know from a marketing and selling standpoint, the first and biggest objection normally is, am I going to rise to the occasion of this? And yet it did not occur to me to make the jump to go, Am I using language that sets the bar higher than they think they are? I know that they're there, but am I setting the bar in a way that they can't self-identify? And that is freaking fascinating. Absolutely. And I know that you work with a lot of people who identify as healers, you know, and in the wellness industry, and I do as well. And What I was noticing was my clients actually were very intentional, especially in their zone of genius. You know, all of my doulas and lactation consultants and Reiki people, they're very intentional. And it's definitely uh, a huge part of what they do and what they offer. But when it comes to business, they're less comfortable applying that intentional label to themselves. They don't feel like they're being as intentional in business. Like if you take the client out of the equation, that's right. They feel like the intentionality goes away. I know exactly who you're talking about. And I think <laughs> in some areas of my business, I have very much been that person. We're like, I will bend over backwards for my client. But when it comes time to write an email, guess I got to write an email. Okay, what <laughs> should I say? I don't know. I'll just whatever. Right. And the intention kind of goes away because when I am accountable, I'm intentional. Yes. And we've all phoned it in when we've written an email. So it's not to <laughs> it's not to judge those right. of us for when that happens because being 100% intentional 100% of the time is setting the bar really high. And I like to talk about it being as more of a spectrum of like awareness and and intention is a journey and it's not something that you either are or you're not you're you're continually working towards improving that and feeling more intentional because of course when you feel more intentional and you are more intentional you get better results i freaking love that because then to your previous point if i'm sitting down and i'm not feeling it and i'm kind of cranky or like i'm pmsing or something and i have to write an email then I don't have to say, is this an intentional email? Am I showing up intentionally? But I sure as damn well can say, am I providing meaning? Is this email meaningful? Am, is it meaningful to me? Could it, should it be meaningful to them? That's a whole different ballgame and a much more clear question. Right. 
And that word meaningful has so much more meaning for us than intentional. Intentional feels like one of those made up marketing buzzwords, although it's not, but it feels <laughs> like one of those things. Whereas meaningful, we can go, oh, yeah, like that means something to me. I connected with that. Yes, I connected with that. Absolutely. Like I always say that all of the stuff we do should be leading up to solving a problem, right? Because selling is solving a problem for money and service is actually delivering the problem solution, right? So in all of these things, when it comes to web copy or emails or social posts or freebies or pipeline stuff, I'm always saying, what problem are you solving? And it's so much easier to identify what problem you're solving when you're looking for meaning. Ah! I'm just loving this. I'm just <laughs> loving this. I want to go back just a little bit to something that you mentioned that I think is so key and that not a lot of people talk about, which is that you have the business coaching side and you also have and the strategy side and you also have the web side. And as we talked about, like some ways they really dovetail together, some ways they really conflict. Um, but, you know, one thing that you said is what is the glue? What is the connected tissue between the two? Why am I unwilling to let this go? And I get asked all the time, well, do I pick A or B? And it's almost like King Solomon, like, well, let's just cut this baby in half. And they're like, no, no. Like, what are you talking about? But they come to me and they're like, please help me prioritize A or B. And sometimes there's a really clear oh, lean into this. The other one is a should. But if you love both and both are working for you, you're looking for that connective tissue. That connective tissue is meaning. Yes. Are they meaningful to you? Are they meaningful to them? That's the connection. Is that how you found running these two parallel businesses to be? Tell me more about that. Yeah, for sure. I started as a web designer. That's what I did first. And I did that right out of the gate as an entrepreneur after my first really short-lived business of being a yoga teacher. And I was creating websites for people who were amazing. They're amazing artists. They're amazing wellness professionals. But they didn't necessarily know what made them great. <laughs> you know, I could see it, but they were struggling with that. And a lot of my process with my early website clients was centered around really teasing out what is your truth? What makes you different from every other massage therapist out there? What makes you special? And my clients struggled to do that for themselves, but I, I found it a struggle to be able to write their website for them and design their website for them without knowing that piece, without articulating that piece. Right. Because you don't want to just look like every single website of every single yoga teacher that has ever existed since the dawn of time. Exactly. And so without knowing that differentiating point, it was hard to make their websites look different. Uh, and so I had to problem solve there and figure out what do I need to know and understand about your business? And what do we need to bring to light? in order to be able to communicate to the people that you really want to work with. Like, what is this really about? And so I started to emotionally connect more with my clients and dive deeper. And, and they thought they were going to be asked questions about, you know, what colors do you like? And what kinds of fonts do you like? And I was like, tell me about your most 
your most important client experience and tell me why that was so impactful for you. And they're like, wow, this is not what I expected from a web designer. No, that's a lot more impactful, though, than do you prefer serif or sans serif fonts? Like, who cares? That's right. And so I started noticing that when I dialogued with clients and when we got really deep and when we got to that point where they were like, okay, I've done this before. I know who my ideal client is. Right when we got to the point where they were starting to feel a little bit frustrated with me, we'd push past that and get to something really beautiful on the other side where they get a little bit teary and they're like, oh, that's what I do for people. Yes. (laughs) Like, yeah. And now we're going to recreate that feeling on the other end so people can see that about you. Because when they see that about you when they see that represented on the screen, you become more than just another person through a computer screen and you become their person. Amen. Holla freaking Luya. And speaking as someone who has had the true pleasure of writing quite a few websites, isn't it amazing when you get to make people cry with their own website? Oh, yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite things. That's one of my favorite things. (laughs) I can't wait until like we can share things literally like through a screen. I'm going to have a box of tissues on my desk (laughs) like a therapist and I'm just going to pass it through the screen like, here you go, boo. Don't cry. It's all good. But you're totally right. So many people and I don't think it's unwilling. I think I think one of the great ironies of my career and I love your take on this because you already touched on this a bit and especially with healers. And the kind of heart-centered buzzword, buzzword here, blah, 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 buzzword, (laughs) heart-centered people that we work with is that they are among the most special people on the planet. But if you tell them that, you will get immediate pushback. You will get a lot of, who, me? No, I'm just acting on my gifts. No, I just want to serve. And you're like, cool, great. Yeah, you can do that. You can act on your gifts and serve. And you can also own how freaking special you are. And in my business, I've always asked people what I call the big three, which is who do you serve? How do you serve them? And how do you serve them better than anybody else? And that first two questions, they're like, oh, this is challenging. Let me chew on this. And then I say the word better. How do you serve them better than anyone else? And they're like, well, I don't know if it's better. I And I send them into this like, tailspin of doubt. So I actually changed up the question to really making it more about their competitors and saying, who do you serve? How do you serve them? And where do your competitors neglect them? Ooh, what a great switch, right? Like, where do your competitors neglect them? Then they could tell me, well, you know, a lot of my competitors don't offer email support. It's important to me to be accessible. Okay. Accessibility check. But I'm getting the exact same answer as how do you serve them better or differently than anybody else, but without the resistance. Yes. And so one thing I want to do right now is yell at our listeners. It is okay to honor your specialness. It doesn't make you vain. A lot of people have probably rejected your gifts in the past. You're probably in a crowded market, but the more you lean into that secret sauce of you, or as Chantel said, your truth, the more it's going to be easy to magnetize people to you, to turn them into evangelists and to serve them on a deeper level. Do you agree, Chantel? I do. And I would I would add to that that I think the reason that people don't see that about themselves 
is that it comes so naturally to them that they assume that everyone else is the same way when really it's what makes them special. I, I agree with you. It's not an unwillingness to look at that that side of themselves. It's just a, it's an automatic thing for them that, well, of course things are this way. Of course I want to help in this way. Of course I am great at this because it's it's their natural strength. That's so true too. Especially with some of like the weird and wonderful things my clients can do. Like, of course people could do this. Like, of course everyone can channel your dead ancestors and talk <laughs> about why you gain weight according to the cycles of the moon. And I'm like, what? No, you're a unicorn. Be a unicorn. It's okay. But you're right. It, it does come naturally. You can be shiny and sparkly. <laughs> Amen. Shine on, people. Shine on. What else? You know, I we're talking about meaningful work and we're talking about really deeply going deep and dialoguing with those customers. That requires both a lot of not self-control because that makes it like not great, but it, it does require a lot of compassion and empathy on your part. And it also requires a lot of bravery and trust on their part. How do we foster spaces to have those more meaningful dialogues and deeper connections? Yeah. It's so important to me that that clients feel seen and feel heard. And it's true yes. that you can't just create, you can't turn a switch on that. You can't turn on the the seen and heard switch. It's no. it's something that definitely is built over time. And for me, I know that that comes with, you know, I say it's a half an hour call, but really we're probably going to be on there for an hour and 45 minutes because we're going to be, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be deepening. We're going to be settling in yeah. and I'm going to be reading you in a sense. Like I do a lot of um, asking my clients to speak and really observing how they do that. And I'm noticing what are they saying more than once? When is yes. there a little sparkle in their eye on this word? What is what is a, a very particular way of saying something that they're saying that no other human would say? Like I'll notice they use the word land four or five times or something like that. And I'm like, oh, you have a mm -hmm. connection there. And they go, actually, yeah, I do. When I was a kid, you know, like there's this intuitive knowing that I have, but I'm I'm opening the floor to them first because only from that can I begin to to hear them and pick up on those things. It comes from them. Uh, so it's never me saying it's on listening. It's listening. That's right. Yeah. It's never me saying, you know, like this is what you should do in your business. It's me saying, OK, I've no. noticed that you've said this a couple of times. Why is that important to you? Or how can I understand more about this? Because you're you're placing an importance on it. I'm not sure if you're even realizing that. And it's it's delightful fun to have those conversations. <laughs> right. It's the same thing. It's like the same. It's the cousin of my other favorite thing that we talked about where you make people cry with their own website because they're feeling seen. Right. But one of the things that I do that I just absolutely crack up, like literally I will laugh at them on the call is I will read or send copy to someone and they'll be like, oh, my God, I could never write anything this beautiful. This is so incredible. And then I go, well, this phrase is verbatim something you said. This phrase is verbatim something you said. You gave me this <laughs> bulleted list in that order. It just fell out your mouth that way. Mm -hmm. All I did was kind of smoosh it together and put some framework around it. And they go, really? I said that? Yes. Yeah. 
You did. My transcription you app did. is one of my best friends <laughs> for that reason because oh, I've yeah. always got it running. Oh, yeah. And I'm always catching little gems that people are saying that they, again, they say so naturally, they don't even know that they're that they're expressing that in that moment. I don't think I ever realized that I have that same kind of um, noise-canceling thing on myself, though, until I started doing all this podcast guesting that I've been doing. And then I listened back to my episodes to see how to properly market them. And there are multiple times when I'm like, who said that? Me? Ooh, hello. I'm so smart. Look at me being all smart on the internet. But it's like I've, I've given my clients so much crap about not honoring the brilliant things they say and not recognizing the genius things that come naturally to them. And then I'm listening to my own podcast guesting being like, damn, I should write that down. It's a huge <laughs> confidence booster, isn't it? When you start to realize yeah. all of the impactful things that you're saying. Right. And I, I think oh, I just keep coming back to the word that you use, seen, because my recipe for a great client relationship is seen, safe, supported. And that is my answer to no like trust because no like trust kind of gets force fed to us. And it's important. It's very, very important. But what no like trust does is provides opportunities for them to feel seen by your beacon. Can I add something about no like trust that might blow your mind? Please, please, <laughs> please do. So this is maybe my most popular post online of all time, but I came upon this concept a little bit by accident. You have to know, like, and trust yourself first. Oh. Right? Holy shit, y'all. Holy shit. Because you can't, you can't work with other people and have them know, like, and trust you without that self-awareness piece also working for yourself. Or you can, of course, but but you're going to be growing that the more, I would say, the more that you know, like, trust yourself, the more that you can start to really show up for yourself and show up for your clients in your business. Y'all, Chantel just dropped a million-dollar consulting gem in this episode. I, I don't even, I'm speechless. That is so true because I've been over here going, if they know you and they like you and they trust you, but you don't ask them for money, then they'll continue to know you and like you and trust you and never pay you. And then they'll go pay your competitor. Right. That's like the version of it that I've been hawking. But damn. But actually, you really do. You I heard you on on another episode explaining how to just say your price and stop. To be able to do that requires yeah. a higher level of knowing, liking, and trusting yourself. You have to trust yourself on that price to be able to just state the price and stay there, as as I've heard you say. You know, I'm I'm so like... So I think you already had bits of this. <laughs> I feel... Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I, I'm running it through my head right now, this little diagnostic analysis, and I'm really proud that at this form of my business, if I ask myself those three questions, do I know myself? Do I like myself? And do I trust myself? I think I've done a lot of hard work to get three resounding yeses. And I'm glad it shows in my work. And I'm glad that it, I'm attracting people that are willing to know and like and trust themselves first, because we are, like I said, we are the lighthouse. We are the beacon. Even if we're not showing off as like a guru or look at me, look at me, we are walking examples of what is possible. And if we're not showing up 
not only confidently and genuinely, but proudly in that space, it's not going to work. And I, ugh, you just keep making my brain go boom over and over <laughs> on this call. You got to know, like, and trust yourself first. Yeah. There we go. I'm just going to say that over and over for the rest of the episode. Or the more that you know, like, and trust yourself, the more they will know, like, and trust you. There's another one. You did it again. (laughs) (sighs) Taking me to church on my own podcast. (laughs) Loving it. And to circle back to the question you asked a long, a long time ago that I, I accidentally went on a tangent on the connecting piece between both things and the fact that I didn't want to lose either the strategy or the web design is just that one is crucial to the other. Like you need, you need both. You can't have a website that's going to be successful without that no like trust factor for yourself. And once you have that no like trust factor, then your, your website can be much improved. And I'm the rare web designer that won't say you need a website (laughs) and certainly not. It's your first step in business. Right. Uh, Because I think that the more of that depth uh, that you can put into it, the more that that can really work for you. And so once I noticed that that was part of my process, I, I realized I can't just be sharing this with my web design clients. I also have to share it with people who maybe have DIY'd their website already, or they've worked with another awesome designer, or they haven't, you know, they haven't built a site yet and they don't need to for the next little while. They need that meaningful piece too. It can't just be in the web design process that that's happening because I know how powerful it is for people to work on that no like trust factor for themselves and then turn that into more meaningful success in their business. Again, speechless. Freaking speechless, ridiculous. <laughs> oh my goodness. I I just like you said, could I go back to your question from before? And I'm like, did I ask any questions? Does my <laughs> brain work? What's my name? Like, I'm so like You're in the good stunned place, right now. I'm like struggling to keep <laughs> up. Ugh. All right. Well, we better transition before I have some kind of joy induced aneurysm. <laughs> um, although I'm so excited for this next chunk too. All right totally random transition. Holy forking shirt. (laughs) What does any of this brilliant nonstop gem dropping have to do with one of my very favorite shows of all time? The Good Place. Basically everything. (laughs) Oh, well, that's a great and very succinct answer, (laughs) Chantel. Okay, everything. But like, okay, what? Sure. So The Good Place is all about watching the evolution of their characters, right? And their Mm -hmm. growing self-awareness. And Mm -hmm. I think that we're drawn to these stories because they show us the possibilities of what can happen if we start to learn and grow ourselves. And watching them, watching our four main characters uh, journey and improve themselves, I think it activates our inner concept of ourselves being just a little bit better. Right? That's totally true. By watching them, we start to feel it. That's totally true. Like, I feel like everybody can relate, especially in the early seasons, to, like, Arizona trash fire Eleanor Shellstrop. (laughs) Like, even though she does some really extreme 
interesting. She makes some real interesting choices. There are still things where you're like, well, I'm not trying to be bad. I'm just trying to live my life. Damn, get out of my way. Why are you up my ass? Like all of this <laughs> stuff. And you're like, oh, that's totally me. But then you're like, yeah, but if you live a whole life of that, it doesn't turn out how you want it to turn out. Or, you know, Chidi, who is so intellectual and so cerebral and gets horrible stomach aches when he has to make decisions. We all can get stuck in that cheaty place where we overanalyze or we get perfectiony or we start comparing or we just give ourselves stomach aches through stress, right? But he has to learn how to trust himself. Like Eleanor Shellstrap has to learn how to like herself. Cheaty Anagonia has to learn how to trust himself. I'd argue that both <laughs> maybe Jason Mendoza needs to know himself. Yes. He needs to recognize himself in the mirror <laughs> and know that he is more than Molotov cocktails. Yes. Oh my God. That's so true. And Tahani by, Oh God. <laughs> Tahani just needs to stop name dropping. Is that in the method? I mean, yes. Okay. Let's all take a name dropping lesson from Tahani who constantly will be like, what did you eat for breakfast today, Tahani? And she'll be like, I ate the same thing that I ate when Lindsay Lowen and I went out on a yacht to blah, blah, blah. It's like, what'd you eat? Do you have a grapefruit? What the hell did you eat? Right? But we also know people in our industry that do that, where they're like, who are you? Tell me about you. And they're like, well, I'm best friends with Tony Robbins. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Yeah, she's who really got you? that inferiority complex where she just doesn't feel as good as everyone else. And so she thinks she's got to fall back on those references to make herself meaningful, right? Right. She's deriving her meaning by tenuous connection to people that she deems worthy of attention. 100%. Oof. Meanwhile, pure, sweet, beautiful Jason Mendoza just wants to watch football. God love him. God <laughs> love him. Portals! <laughs> You know, and, and one of the other things that I love that we're talking about, Good Place, is that I feel like there is an element of you are a expert, you are someone I pay, therefore you have to be a Janet. And I don't think that's true. I love Janet. There's nothing wrong with being a Janet. But Janet, not a girl, <laughs> uh, therefore doesn't have necessarily that deep emotional connection, at least in the early seasons, because she's literally not programmed that way. And so I feel like a lot of people feel, even healers feel, that they have to keep themselves siloed and keep them in this very professional, how can I help? What do you need? Lane at all times and then go into their voids and scream. But the thing is, yes, boundaries are important, but we don't also have to be every single solution for every single client at every single hour of the day, no matter what. Do you feel pressured to be a Janet sometimes? I don't. No, I'd make a terrible Janet because I'm very fond of just saying, I don't know, let me check on that for you. <laughs> and I learned that back when I, I was actually a K-12 teacher before I started in entrepreneurship. And I realized early on that it was important to just be honest yeah. when I didn't know something. Um, because if you're standing there in front of 30 
14 year olds, I mean, they're going to know really quick if you don't actually know the answer. (laughs) You know, if you're talking in circles, they are going to be able to sniff that out really fast. And I think it's actually, it's an important life skill really to be able to just say, I don't know. And that's okay. And it's true that that does inform a lot of how I show up. People will tell me often that I am I'm so transparent. People, that's always the word that they use. And I think that's cool because my business is clear quartz creative and, yeah. you know, clear quartz crystals are transparent. Uh, but I think it it is important to show what's real and what is actually happening. And that means some missteps, Yeah, you know, like my business, like everyone else's goes through ebbs and flows and I have moments of genius of figuring out that no like trust thing. And then I have moments of, <laughs> oh, yeah, I really should have done that better. And so I actually think, you know, later season Janet, who has those emotional connections, mm-hmm. is so much of a richer person for it. And so that that dispenser of information that she is at the very beginning you know, that's, that's not necessarily something that we should aspire to No, because it's only when she has the context and the emotional connection around those facts and knows why they matter that, that she, beca- that she becomes more human. Right. And I think we should all endeavor to be a little bit more human in, in our life and in our business. Boundaries, boundaries. But also, you know, I love that idea of just looking at the 14 year olds and going, I don't know, let me find out for you and with you because you're right, they will totally call you on your bluff. (laughs) And it's one of the main things that I call sales vomit, like word vomit. When I listen to sales calls, you can tell how desperately people don't want to say, let me get back to you or I don't know on these calls. So what they do is they just babble. They just babble like and. Ask me a question that I could not possibly know the answer to, and I'll show you what I mean. Right now? <laughs> yeah. Right um, now. What is the average lifespan of a spider? Wow. You know, spiders aren't really my thing, but I would have to guess if I really got it. And I could, I, you know, let me, let me double check on this because, you know, spiders, ew, spiders. I saw a spider in my office the other day and I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, it's actually kind of pretty up close. And I hope that they live really long and meaningful lives. I just don't want them to live in my house. Does that answer your question? (laughs) No, but it did remind me of when Jason holds a spider in his hands when he goes into the MRI machine in hopes that that it will make him give him superpowers. And he says, he gave me the power to make my hand swell up. (laughs) God, exactly. How wonderfully naive. (laughs) Portals. But... You know, it's it's so hard to say, I don't know, because we want to show up as that expert place. But then what happens when we try to be a Janet is we end up a Derek. <laughs> yes. We so end up many with Derek's a in my martini glass. Yes. Right. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> Derek. All right. One more thing I want to talk about about Good Place before I let you go, because this is clearly um, my one of my favorite things and why Chidi is just so near and dear to me is I love, love, love that the through line of the show that they use, even when it's boring as hell, is ethics. And I seem to think and I seem to be really hung up on the idea that ethics are making a comeback. 
hmm. in that. I hope so. A lot of stuff <laughs> is happening with with Me Too and everything else, which is all about, you know, sexual behavior, sexual harassment or how especially how women are treated in workplaces or by people of power. But I know in the coaching and healing industries and in small business, there's a lot of people making a lot of money in ways that are not necessarily filled with integrity. And I feel like with my ear to the ground, people are getting ready to rise up and say, no, I'm not going to run my business the way that you taught me because it's not ethical or I'm going to take my business elsewhere because you're not showing up in an aligned way. What what do you think about this resurgence of ethics? Do you see it too? Do you think it's already been there? Not yet. Feel free to disagree. I think there is a shift. I think that I, I, I feel lucky that I never had a coach who pressed anything very unethical on me. I I really didn't have the inputs of, you know, do this on a sales call to convert more people. Like no one ever told me to do any of those kinds of things. And so, and I didn't come up with them myself. And so I'm really grateful for that, that that wasn't, those weren't my early influences in business. And I think that's probably telling in and of itself where, you know, I've been in this online business world for about four years and none of my mentors have been pushing those things. So so that in itself indicates a shift, I think. And yes. I do think that's that's very important uh that we are all moving forward together with the lens on helping not hurting. And actually, if I can segue. Oh yes. <laughs> Mike Sure, the creator of The Good Place, actually has a vision statement for the show. And that is, I'll read it verbatim, the desire to create something fundamentally meaningful, something that maybe has the capacity to alter the people who experience it for the better. And that should be our view of business for all of us. (laughs) Oh, my God. I want that on a poster in my office. Yes. And think about like how many TV shows have articulated a vision statement, do you think? Right. I think that the reason why this show grabs the attention of viewers and why it's so captivating is because they articulated that vision and then they worked tirelessly every episode to live up to it. And so if as business owners, we articulate a vision and we work tirelessly every day, every client to live up to it, that's what is going to make our work more powerful. We want to create that that emotional connection with everyone who comes into our brand's world. And we want each one of our clients to emerge as changed people. And I do think that we are heading more towards that now. My jaw is on the floor. On the floor. You did it again. Jaw (laughs) on floor. But there's that word meaningful, right? It all comes back to that word meaningful. (sighs) Chantel, this has been... An absolutely soul-soothing, brain-blowing interview. (laughs) Thank you so freaking much for being here. I have two more questions before I release you off into the wild, but I'm just reeling over here. So my first question is, if you went to the good place, the actual good place, what would be one of the first things you did if you could do literally anything? Oh, what a great question. 
Well, my house would certainly be made out of cotton candy. Oh, hell yeah. Eat your walls. And <laughs> and I need to think more about my vision. Maybe we all do. Let me ask you this then. Who would you look forward to meeting on the flip side? Mm. And it actually has to be somebody who would be in the good place. <laughs> yes. No one fictional. Okay. I would... This is like one of those like five people you'd want to have dinner with uh, living or dead kind of questions. Yeah. Who would you share your cotton candy walls with? I would want to meet in the good place uh, the author of The Untethered Soul, Michael Sager. Yes, that's such a good book. Such a good book. Totally life changing. I need I want to have 15 copies in my car and just give them out to everyone that I meet. I would love to be in his energy and and ask him all the questions and eat cotton candy together and eat cotton candy together and ascend the ladder of consciousness while eating cotton candy. (laughs) Well, while we are on this plane all together and while we are both still among the living, what is the best way for listeners to start a conversation with you? Yeah. Send me a DM on Instagram at Clear Quartz Creative and tell me what you are going to take action on from this episode. How are you going to make your business more meaningful? I love making meaningful connections on that platform and I answer every message that comes in. And let's just say my goal is to make you feel like once you're inside the DMs, this is the good place. I also have a show of my own called the Aligned Action Ah! Podcast. And there are less pop culture references than on Annie's, but I do share a lot of mistakes and mishaps from my own business adventures. So it's it's a different kind of entertaining. You can listen in order in the episodes at clearcourtscreative.co slash podcast, or you can take the what playing small pattern is holding you back in biz quiz to find out which episode is perfect for your first listen. And that's at clearcourtscreative.co slash quiz. Brilliant. Genius. Amazing. Chantel, you officially, I want the whole internet to know, have a dope soul and hella ethics. Thank (laughs) you for being my guest today. Everybody, I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for the week. Well, hey there, listeners. In order for customers to know, like, and trust you, you must first know, like, and trust yourself. What? Surely I'm not the only person whose brain was utterly blown by that concept. But once it registers, it's unforgettably clear. Of course we cannot do intentional work, or rather meaningful work, if we don't at least attempt to show up as the best version of ourselves. We dream big about the kind of mark we can make on our clients, communities, industries, world, but so seldom focus on how we ourselves want to be impacted. If the good place has taught me anything, it's that every single one of us is beautifully flawed, but no one is incapable of positive growth and change. I used to dread my accounting. I never ever looked at my numbers, let alone did any major financial planning. And my business operated sort of like that for years. Most of my clients were astronomically fearful of the act of selling their services and thought it would somehow taint their value and render them assholes. But 
Through hard work, introspection, and raw determination, we can come to embrace the things that we had previously thought were too foreign, too hard, or even just too boring. Your homework this week is to pay close attention to when you dim your own light or knock yourself down. Our clients are watching. Moreover, they might be modeling their behavior after ours. Do you belittle your skills in front of your clients by refusing to acknowledge compliments or downplaying your achievements? Do you talk yourself out of asking for what you want or affirming your boundaries? Do you play small, keep your brilliance hidden or your mouth shut too tight? Does vanity get in the way? Does your mindset live up to your mission? Odds are you are so much more than you think you are in the day-to-day grind of your business, even including your fabulous flaws. Your life has purpose and your work has meaning, as long as you don't keep it in the purgatory or the medium place of self-doubt. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, Annie P. Ruggles. What if you never had to sell alone again? If you always felt safe and seen and supported in selling situations because you only had to show up as your best and also most ordinary self. You can profit just by being you without one gimmick, one inch of sleaze. To find out more about our membership, visit www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y. Too Legitimate to Quit is written and hosted by me, Annie Passanisi Ruggles. Our editor and producer is Andrew Sims of Hypable. Our incredible earworm of a theme tune was composed and performed by Riley Horbasio. Our beautiful show art is by Francois Vigneault. And my beautiful, wonderful, amazing creative director, Georgia Curran, handles my social media accounts with care. Listen, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how your homework is going, what you think of the show, or what topics you'd love to see covered here. Feel free to reach out to me on any platform with messaging, but the best for me are LinkedIn, where you'll find me under my name, Annie P. Ruggles, or on Instagram, where you'll find me at Anniepreneur. And please don't forget to send this show to people that you think would benefit or to drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts that really helps our show grow. Until next week, remember, you're too legit to quit. <laughs>